You're listening to Dramas Over Flowers. This is an episode of The Long Yak with Saya, Anisa and Parama. Hi, I'm Parama. In this Long Yak, we talk about the dramas we just wrapped up and dramas that we've just started watching. Like always, before starting, we want to thank our patrons for keeping us going and all our listeners for being the reason we exist. And now, let's get this party started. This month we bring you Hopeless Romantic by Marina Adair. Set in Rhode Island, this novel asks whether two of a small town's biggest hearts can learn to put themselves first in the name of love. As caregiver for her autistic brother, Beckett Hayes knows how meaningful a little extra help can be when life happens, which is why she runs Consider It Done, a personal concierge service in her small town. There's not enough time for serious dating and it's always been family first for Beck. 16 years ago, Levi Rhodes gave up his dreams of sailing to take care of his sister and niece. Running the family marina and bar was the least he could do after his father's death. But now, with his niece grown up, Levi is wondering if it's time to get his sea legs under him again. Or he was wondering until the beautiful and kind Beck showed up in his bar and then in his dreams. This is Adair's second When in Rome novel and it delivers the upbeat fun of rom-com and the more serious issues women's lit often tackles, such as blended families and neurodiversity. As an added bonus for animal lovers, it also features an English bulldog named Diesel as well as an emotional support chicken named Gregory Peck. If you like books by Joe Chavez and Christina Lauren, Hopeless Romantic will be just the right pick for you. Hello everyone. I am Saya and I'm Anisa and I'm Parma and welcome to the first long yak of 2021. How's everyone doing? Well, it's February and that's shocking. Yeah. <laughs> it is shocking. What's especially shocking is that we had an entire year between 2020 sorry, between 2019 and 2021 and somehow whenever I think of last summer I keep thinking of the 2019 summer like last year never even happened. So, yeah. Yeah, like last February to this February it's just a blur. It's just a kind blur. Of. It is a blur. Okay. So, guys, we have a full episode ahead, but before we do that, it's been a while since we did Patreon shoutouts of our lovely, adorable, wonderful, amazing patrons who we really, really appreciate. So, <laughs> we just want to catch up on those and give everyone their the recognition they deserve. So, um, Saya, why don't you start? Before I start, I really want to sort of call them our Kyungiron patrons because, in honor of the uncanny counter. They can be our uncanny patrons. I don't like the uncanny translation though. It's a bit more kind of like marvelous. So Isn't to Kyung our marvelous Yeron patrons, is more um, marvelous or extraordinary. Mm -hmm. mm. So to our Kyungiron extraordinary patrons, <laughs> thank you. And in June, we were delighted to welcome Edith P. In July, we welcomed Marcia H. In August, we were joined by the lovely Una Tura and Dr. Chi. In November, we welcomed Anya. And in December, we welcomed Leslie, GK, Lynette, and Vani. And in January, we welcomed Stacy, Hannah, Sarah, Azel, and Natalie. And in February, we welcomed another Sarah and Francis. Welcome ah, aboard, everybody. Thank you so, so much. Exciting. <laughs> Getting so on exciting. our boat. <laughs> yeah, we're very, very excited to see our Patreon community growing. Um, also a little baffled, but we love you. <laughs> Before we go on, let me tell you <laughs> about the mad ramblings of somebody. <laughs> so um, somebody got bored a few weeks ago and decided to start rambling on our blog, which you can find at dramasoverflowers.net. Um, do check out uh, a thing called the Drama Addict Diaries if you feel like being a bit silly for five minutes. This somebody is also talking in third person about herself, in case you're wondering who she's, who she's referring to. But they're really great. You should read them. They're so much fun. We were laughing so hard. Yeah. I've begun collecting things every every week to, to put into them. Yeah. We, we feel like we're finally getting a peek into uh, Saya's very, very interesting drama diary. <laughs> the real drama diary. Her unfiltered drama diary is I'm great. I'm fairly sure you get that in my 3 a.m. texts already. <laughs> but this has screen caps, which just that's, that's makes fair. it this so much better. Some, some amazing screen caps. Yes. 
Very, very good screen cap game. So let's jump into our first premiere of February, which um, I think we were like super excited about in our What's Up in Drama Land. And that's Luca, the beginning, starring Kim Rae-won and Idahi. It's the beginning of Luca, the beginning. <laughs> it's the beginning of Luca, the beginning. <laughs> and, okay, I'm going to stop there. before. <laughs> so... I really like it. I told you guys in the in the What's Up in Drama Land that like I was more excited for the cast because it has an amazing cast. Then and the, I wasn't really sure what to make of the premise, but like so far, okay. Spoilers for episodes one and two because I feel like it'll be hard to talk about without just kind of going into the premise and what happens. It's a weird premise, but like whatever, I'm rolling with it. There's like it, it's very dark. There's you know human sacrifices and experimentation, and they're basically trying to make. I guess, a super-powered human being. And then, like, Kim Rae-won is the first sort of accidental success that they've never been able to replicate in all the years since. I think it's been, like, 15 or 20 years because we see him as a child, right? And then he's kind of on the run from this evil culty organization. So they're trying to track him down so they can, like, cut him up and and use his cells to recreate their previous success, which is really gross. And then they have, you know, Kim Sung-ho is basically their minion who's trying to to track him down. But he also really hates him because they've had, you know, fights in the past. And Ida, he is this cop who's kind of, you don't really know why, but she got kicked out of her previous uh, position. And she's on this new team with like Ajushi from City Hunter. And they have an interesting dynamic, this new team. Um, Aww. They said she's a troublemaker. So, and you can kind of yeah. tell that from from oh, the way she's Maybe she her captain demanded her badge. <laughs> Probably. He, no, no, yeah. no, no, no. She's still, she's still a police officer. Oh, did that happen in something no. else? Dude. <laughs> she, that's a dirty Harry reference. <laughs> I've never seen that. <laughs> How could you not? Okay, never mind. Moving on. You know, every time you guys do references, I just feel like a, a deep sense of embarrassment of having, like, not. <laughs> read up on my pop culture but you know <laughs> nah it's okay i didn't I, i've only heard of dirty harry i don't actually know what it is so um you can i can be embarrassed this time but i i really like so in episode one he saves her life and then in episode two like he's on the verge of death and she goes to see him but he's unconscious and so they don't really like talk to each other until like very close to the end of episode two but it's like oh such a great conversation and like you find out so you know how in the premise there's this um she's like trying to find out what happened to her parents and then there was some flashbacks at first and i was like oh they knew each other as kids oh no but then like it turns out it's not because they were childhood sweethearts which you this is not that kind of drama but it seems that he has had his powers for a long time and they're kind of out of control and so I think his powers have something to do with her parents disappearing or dying or something. Really, I'd really like that she now remembers that and is trying to, like at first she was tracking him down because she was grateful that he saved her life. And now she wants to track him down because she wants to know the truth about like what he did to her. And she basically is like, has it out for him and is like feeling murderous towards him and he's just like I don't remember anything leave me alone I'm gonna I'm like I hurt everything I touch and he's just like trying to run away and then all these people are trying to kill him and it's just really intense and the fighting is I don't normally like action but it's so well done here and I'll stop talking in a second but I just want to say like it's so cinematic it's all shot in widescreen it's gorgeous like the camera angles are amazing um Saya go the thing, one of the things I really enjoyed about how they showed Kim Ruan's character is like, he's this, he looks human, but he's not entirely human. So there's that whole question of human, not human in there, which I find really interesting, especially because it's actually using science to like real science to explain it. Um, not to explain it, to sort of draw parallels so that you can kind of as a metaphor so that you can for conceive what's... of like what, yeah, like what he is in relation to the human story, uh, the evolutionary story and all of that. Um, so that's really interesting. And then, like, this is this is a proper, sp- uh, like, spoiler for a sort of moment. Um, sorry, P, but I just, I, I had this, I had this moment where I was like, oh, my God, he's a human defibrillator. And that was very cool. <laughs> <laughs> what? Really? Yeah, that is so pretty cool. great. Yeah. Like, All the defibrillator stuff is great. Yeah. I don't know why it's so, so enjoyable, but it really is. He gets into an accident right at the beginning, which basically lets, we can say she dies, uh, effectively is dead. Um, 
And he just, he like defibrillates her with his bare hands. And it's so cool. And wow. like of all of the Is, things that, that I found were, impressive. Isn't that what they were, I'm sorry, just a, just a tangent. Isn't that what they were trying to do in uh, Faith, the good doctor, <laughs> where Eamon Ho could like, I don't know, have, shoot lighting from his hand or something? Oh, I can't remember like, that. Did there he, was that, was that scene like where... It was a power, like he could, he could, I don't know what he could do, but he could basically shoot lightnings from his hand. Okay, well, Kinderwan can have (laughs) shoot lightning from his hands. Yeah, Mm. it's pretty cool how they've, the way that it looks and the way that they've done it and how he kind of transforms. It's pretty cool. Mm. Um, And I like, Saya brought up the thing about him being a monster and like all these people who uh, basically like, quote unquote, created him and are now hunting him, refer to him as a monster and as a beast and as an animal. Um, yeah, the drama's opening very... line is "Remember, you are not a monster, right?" Yeah, that's a really and then like opening. these people who are chasing him are truly monstrous. You know, like Kim Sungo, it seems like the real monster here. Uh, he's terrifying. Oh, he's you know, like I he's doing such a great job. I don't find him quite so monstrous. And you know, there was the point in like the the person I would say is the most monstrous, and this is Anissung. The who's like the head oh, definitely researcher him. guy. But yeah. like with Kim Sung, I actually had this moment where I was like, oh, he's not as terrible as I thought he was. Where, do you remember in the t- uh, tunnel fight when he ran back to save his, um, one of his, um, Takaris, what do you call his minions? Oh, minions! Yeah. yeah, he went. He went to save them, and I was like, "Oh, I, I didn't think that he was the kind of character who would save a minion, but he did." That's true, but they are setting up this dichotomy of like they're chasing Geo, who's Kim, uh, Kim Rwan's character. They're chasing him because he's like you know, they call him a monster, and they're like sort of talk about him as though he's mm-hmm. not human. Um, but who's really doing the inhumane things in the situation kind of thing, right? So that is definitely a very obvious yeah, kind of feel like what, since metaphor. I still feel like that since you've cast Kim Sung-ho for this role, you didn't just cast nobody, that in the end that there might be more in common between Kim Sung-ho and, uh, Kim, between Kim Sung-ho and uh, Kim Rui-won rather than the powers above them. Both of them are pawns in a way. No, that's true. I just, I'm just saying, like that sort of setup is interesting to me. But yeah, mm. like there's the whole thing with his arm, and yeah. and definitely they're gonna do something more with his character because, like yeah. you said, it's Kim Sung Ho. He's gonna do something. But I do like his sort of character introduction, and he is the third. Like there's three main leads, and he's the third one. So obviously mm. he's gonna have a big part to play in the story. Um, I really like talking about the camera angles. I really liked. There was this one where Kim Sung Ho is chasing. I can't remember the name of Kim Sung-ho's character, but he's chasing Gio into a building and or like there's a long there's a lot of him chasing uh, Gio. But like <laughs> there's one part where thing. like yeah. yeah. And I usually find that boring, but I was kind of glued to my screen, which I was surprised at myself because it's quite brutal the fighting. But I I'm surprised I was, because I, I found was, it a little bit too heavy on the action and the chasing and the fighting. And usually I have much more patience for that. Yeah, I don't know. I just, the way it's filmed is so good that I don't quite, I, I find it builds tension and suspense and... It's not bad guys um, too. I didn't watch that, but like, you know how some action is just action for the sake of action? And I mean, too. there is a lot of action. There is a lot of action, but it is telling you something about the characters. Like every scene tells you, like, so, you know, you, you have... So like so what I wanted to say about the camera work in that one is like you see like an overhead shot of the building and you see Kim uh Sungo run into the bottom of the building and then like you see the roof and then it like pans to the roof of the building and then you see Gio emerge on the roof. And it's just really like a lot of really mm. cool shots like yeah. that. Yeah. But then that fight that they have on the rooftop, you can see like the it's like a callback to that earlier moment when he, you know, burned his arm. So like every fight has something in it that's character related and that's all I want. I just want my action to tell something about the characters and to forward the story and not just be like dudes punching each other because they can and they did CrossFit to get ready for this movie kind of thing. <laughs> You're right though. It does like it doesn't as you say it doesn't just use this action for the sake of action. And the whole action setup it, it achieves so much character work in just those two episodes. So I feel like 
sort of starting next week, it might ease up on the action. But we needed to see, for example, we needed to see what he was capable of, what Gio was capable of, what he can be mm. pushed to, what he's not capable of and what his weaknesses are. It also gave you a look into sort of his uh, past and his history. And you had to have all of those things so that you could learn, oh, after this happens, he loses his memories because he's fried all his brain cells and that kind of thing. <laughs> so it, it definitely achieved um, a lot of, you know, the, the showing rather than the telling in, in the story. Yeah. And it it just like it gave us information in just the right sort of mm-hmm. uh sequence and timeline and pacing that it was like it, it's interesting but it doesn't make you feel frustrated. You just feel suspense and you're interested mm-hmm. and like um I, I like I felt like I was holding my breath until the first conversation that they finally have and it, like I was like, "Oh, this was worth waiting for," you know? So, I I think they're doing a really good job. The editing is great. The music is great. I had Yeah. I had one thing which made me sort of stop taking it seriously partway through, but I don't want to spoil a thing that um, I'm going to put into the next drama addict. I've already put it in, I just haven't finished it yet. <laughs> um, okay, so, we'll wait for that yeah, one. So go check for the Dramatic's Diary, the third one. I don't know. It will It will have Luca in the title. <laughs> yes. Oh. I just want to say one last thing before we go to the next drama that like I've missed this version of Kim Rewan, which I haven't seen since I watched his movie Sunflower, which is like this sort of laconic, very tough, physically imposing guy who like gets beat up a lot and he doesn't really say anything, but like his heart is soft. But like nobody knows because he just hides it like that version of him. I haven't seen like he does, he's done a lot of, you know, slimy. You know, I th- feel like I've seen him being smarmy and stuff quite a lot. Smarmy and then also just like a slick, like a basic romantic lead. Mm. But this version of him, he's so good at this. So, yes, I'm on board in case you, in case you hadn't figured that out. <laughs> so, Parma, you're going to watch it? I am totally going to watch it. Yes. <laughs> so what's next? So next, we are going to talk about a drama that uh, I think it just wrapped up. I haven't watched the final episodes. True Beauty. Anissa, you joined me on this, right? Yeah, I joined you a little late. <laughs> but um, Burma was like, I'm going to... I think I got like halfway through episode two. And then I just... I wasn't feeling it. Because the first two episodes were not that good, in my opinion. And yeah. then Burma was like, let's do a spoil yak. I was like, okay, I'm catching up on this. <laughs> So then I watched like 10 episodes in five days or something. <laughs> so I think I've watched a little more than you, right? Have How much have you watched so far? I think I just watched uh, episode 13. Oh, That's what I'm at right now. the master. Oh, okay. So we're, so we're like, I, I finished 14. So okay. I still haven't seen the last week. But do you want to talk about what you think first or should I go first? I, okay, very quickly. So uh, I... Actually, okay, so a year before True Beauty was announced, I kind of glanced at the uh, webtoon and started reading uh, a bit of it. And um, a few chapters in, um, I I kind of started feeling that was a bit repetitive. You can uh, tell over time, um, if you've read enough webtoons, when certain webtoons, they they, uh, really focus on the pace, they want the story to be quick and they want to get on with it and there are other webtoons that want to be like this long drawn out serialized thing and that's what true beauty was trying to aim for and i lost interest and kind of left but when the drama was announced i was a little worried because jukyung is supposed to be this really she's just a normal looking girl she's not like disfigured or anything she's just normal and she uh, learned like she learns how to use makeup to enhance aspects of her face that makes her really stand out that's it that's the entirety of the story she uh, gains she's supposed to be gaining confidence from this i wasn't sure how that's going to uh, show up in the drama to my surprise the drama did it way better than the webtoon the little that i read in the webtoon it wasn't actually going anywhere and we're going to cover this properly in the spoiled yak um, because we are going to have somebody who's actually read the entire uh, manhwa but <laughs> I enjoyed the drama as much as I had watched it, like the first half especially, because that was primarily focused on Ju Kyung just gaining confidence in her ability to uh, master makeup, which 
as somebody who has never been able to master putting on makeup is i acknowledge is really really hard so you know i admire that art and the fact that jukyun was getting confidence from it was great i also really liked um how moongyeong chose to depict her she's a bit silly and a bit naive but the girl has her heart in the right place so she was an enjoyable uh, heroine to watch i was a bit um I really, really like Chayun Wo, especially since rookie historian um, Gu Serong. But uh, I don't know why. But in this one, he <laughs> sorry, I just realized <laughs> you said Gu Serong last time as well. But it's what well, did, did I did I mess it up again? It's Gu Serong. Yeah, it just I like... always confuse it with the name of the actress. Ah, okay, let me redo that. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, is that uh, why? Because it's like Sekyung and Hyeyeong. That makes sense. Uh, uh, that makes sense. Yeah. Anyway, um, I really like the actor Cha Yoon-woo, uh, especially since uh, rookie historian. I-, I like him. I think his acting really improved between uh, what I saw in um, Gangnam and uh, rookie. But for some reason in this one, he's just... Um, I don't know like he has the soft eyes and he has like the you know the steady arc of this particular character that I expected all of that stuff's fine but somehow he just was very much in the background and the actors who stood out were uh, Moon Ga-young and uh, Hwang In-yup and it's kind of no surprise that Hwang In-yup Hwang In-yup gave people major second lead syndrome because he was just kind of bursting from seams And also I really like at least I like right now I'm in episode 13 and he is he's a really nice second lead like he's a good second lead guy this is the kind of guy you you can root for properly because he isn't entitled about um, yeah in Jukyung's affections and he isn't like resentful that she loves another guy and not him why why can't he be cho- he has none of those toxic thoughts and he often has to correct um Suho which is Chayun Woo's character when Yoon Woo starts acting like this I, I don't I primate jealous boyfriend type <laughs> Yeah, you know, I agree with you about Chanu like he's definitely not. You know what it is? I have a theory cuz he was really good in I didn't see Gangnam Beauty, but he was really good in um Rookie Historian like he wasn't on Shin Sejong's level, but he did a good job in the role. Like he worked he like really suited that role. Yeah. Um he was very sweet. He did all the things that he needed to do. In this bless him he's a he's very he's very nice um but he doesn't have the acting ability of say like Cho Sung-woo who can really put all the emotions that he needs to express in a yeah. character that is like you know cold or like not very outwardly expressive like that takes a high level of skill right like Cho Sung-woo can do it like in I feel like in, it's in stranger to even compare Chan I know it is I know it is it is cool, it's like... but I'm just saying like that's the ultimate like but They exist in the same world, right? So I can't help but think of that. So I just I'm not like criticizing Chanu, but I'm just saying like he doesn't he's not at that level yet where he can express those micro expressions that he needs to in order to play a cold character who like keeps all of his emotions on the inside. Um and then especially in contrast with Hwang In-yup who can like do anything. It really it's kind of glaring, unfortunately. But I do I do love like I completely agree with you Borma that he is a perfect second lead but I actually didn't mind any of the love triangle stuff um I had big issues with other things a lot of them have to do with Sujin so I'm sure you, uh, yeah. you already oh my yeah. god but I I found it because his dynamic with Jugyang was always she literally just uh, I saw somebody talking about how he was brother zoned and I totally agree she just kind of, like put him in the same category as her brother at some point And so then from then on they just had this like really goofy yeah amazing hilarious friendship and then he was just pining so like rather than being like sad that he didn't get the girl I just enjoy all of their interactions I don't know like I do feel for him but I'm like fine with it cuz he's just so enjoyable to watch no matter what he's doing I completely agree he it just it worked this particular arc because they kind of inevitably seem uh, destined to be really good friends 
Yeah. It, it just works between the two of them. But coming back to Chai uh, Yun something that I noticed that was... Um, I, I don't know if this was deliberate or not, because I see that the director and screenwriter of this drama are uh, not at all the same as Gangnam Beauties, but they, aesthetic-wise, uh, the way the story is structured and also uh, overlapping a few actors, they, there seems to be too many similarities between the two uh, dramas. But the most similar thing here is Chayun Wu's um, character. So in uh, Iri, he had uh, played this character, uh, Do Kyung Sook. And Do Kyung Sook was that, you know, very reserved, doesn't speak his emotions properly. But like when he does express himself, he expresses himself well. He's kind of soft spoken and like cold faced, but has like a deep understanding of people, that kind of stuff. I think Suho was supposed to be exactly the same kind of character here. But I honestly think even though Chai Yun-woo had less acting experience when he did Gangnam Beauty, he just did that character better. Suho seems less well-written than his Gangnam Beauty uh, counterpart. There's also a really... I'm not sure if what his character was like in Gangnam Beauty, apart from what you've said, but like I don't know if there was this like dark and deep trauma in his past the way there is for Suho. And like he's not really... He wasn't really able to... I mean, there were a few moments where he did a good job, but mostly he just didn't have that. Like, I was like, really, your friend, you're still grieving for your friend, and I'm not really yeah. feeling that. It's only been a year. <laughs> I'm not really getting that emotion, you know? Whereas, like, Huang and Yub is like, he's got, like, the fiery eyes and the the anger. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, I think it's made worse by seeing them together, you know, next to each other. But I think he just, he needed to be a more passionate or a more angry character here and that's just not Chai Yun Woo that is that is not his I don't think he's incapable of it because we had moments in Rookie Historian where he was he emoted quite a bit I, yeah. I kind of there was a moment there when he was trying to, he was feeling betrayed I think because he had been his character in Rookie was basically isolated in this one place and not really given too many choices he was kind of looking forward to living his entire life in isolation and there were moments when he showed feelings of betrayal, feelings of just hurt because his father is so cruel to him. It just, he managed to show all of that. So I think it's a matter of the right director and writer, kind of. I do like, agree with you that it's not as well, it's not that well written because like, it's a little hard to reconcile how sweet he is on one hand to like his reputation for being cruel and harsh like that flip between the two sides of Suho that like that really mean person who doesn't want to talk to anybody and is very unfriendly and cold and this like super marshmallowy person when he's around Joo Kyung once he decides that he likes her is very I can't yeah. connect the two and like maybe he also can't connect the two I, I and so think, he's having a hard time what, you know I think that's what happened because I don't I, he's been given an archetype to play and archetypes tend not to have too too many final points yeah so i think that that's probably what happened with uh suho he couldn't figure out how to play this guy yeah and but, we, and like yeah. before we move on to sujin because i know we both have a lot of things to say about her i did really love his performance in episode 14 and here's Suho's? my other hesitation is yeah it Chan was like because in episode 14 he's like fully expressing his emotions in yeah. a way that we haven't seen him doing before and when he's able to just like freely express his emotions he's very good so I thought he did ah. great in episode 14 and I also am a little nervous because episode 14 seems like a perfect ending to like everything oh, that mattered no. and now i'm like what am i gonna do with Stop these last two episodes <laughs> yeah like there's a there's like when you're a scene ahead. at the end it's, it's kind of giving me dodo flashbacks honestly because it's like really good and then there's one scene at the end and you're like where's this going and it's kind of like episode 12 where you have that one scene at the end and you're like wait i don't uh, think it's gonna be i don't think it's gonna be like offensive or anything because i didn't see any reactions to the finale like that but i am kind of like is the rest of it gonna be filler like what's where's this going this is going in I a could, weird direction yeah i um, could just watch all of this entire gang be like cute for two episodes i could do that I, it's yeah like so super, i don't want to spoil super, it for you but sweet. that's just where i'm at right now and maybe i'll change okay. my mind after after the last two episodes before moving on to Sujan, I just want to say that I, I've been ragging on Chayunu, but I have to admit that Moon Ga-yong and Chayunu, they do have 
really good chemistry i really bought their growing affection for each other same yeah and it suho and 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 jukyo were were paired really nicely and i do understand that for uh, the webtoon uh, readers this is not how things probably went down and that was really disappointing <laughs> but this version of these characters the drama version of them i think this this storyline just worked better agreed and, Their romance was at the end of the day pretty healthy and they were well suited to each other. Yeah, I agree. I was rooting for them. Like they were the pair that made sense from the beginning. So it yeah. it does. I really like them together as well. So, Sujin. <laughs> oh, why why I liked her so much. And you know what, Pakyuna, I've I have liked her since I saw her in Gangnam Beauty. She and also she had the the big, the first half uh, of of true beauty was kind of how she was in gangnam beauty as well but that was her entire character she was this really reliable unni type character who kind of protected her classmates especially um you know the the main lead and she was just a good friend to everyone i thought that she was going to play the same character here and i really enjoyed watching kind of the sisterhood between um imjukyung and and sojin grow i i liked it and i was kind of dreading a second lead uh, yeah. thread creeping in so, and then yeah so like spoilers for the second half of the drama here but like i wanted i wish they had done this in a way where it was like she really really just committed that one betrayal out of like an uncontrollable feeling like of like this is so unfair maybe. and like yeah. yeah and with all the stuff she's dealing with at home just kind of exploding and her just being like oh i can't take this anymore but instead it was like this long calculated deception that started really early and then she was like so cold and weird and she was such a like she kept lying to her and i don't know like i just didn't feel like that jived with who she was for the first half of the drama like yeah. i can see that she might have committed that final betrayal because like obviously like homegirl is going through a lot of stuff and i like felt for her you know yeah but that like she could have still like and they could have still had that conflict about jukyung being like oh no my friend also if she hadn't known that they were dating like they could have just not have her known and then yeah. and then they could have organically done that without making her into like such a terrible person and it still would have worked i would have liked that so much better yeah yeah i i i just i felt really really sad as soon as it started bending in that direction because just why and also here's the thing in in the original story this character was always supposed to be the bad person mm. but that is not how you set her up in the drama in the drama she is just she's like someone you aspire to be she's this really cool girl crush like yeah. i mean if i was in school with her she would have been the one i would have been following around like a puppy <laughs> i mean she was so awesome and then you do this to this character there was no setup for this kind of a switch so So yeah, that was upsetting. That was disappointing. Other than that, I really loved this. I also wanted to bring up the humor. The humor in oh, this show is great. So good. Oh and my also, god. Like the extraordinary you cameos and then like the fact that they don't ooh, even ooh, bother. What extraordinary you cameos. Tell me about them. I don't oh, want to say them. Oh, yeah. I'm not going to watch it. I don't. I know, think. but like just in case somebody hasn't gotten to them, I don't want to like say what they are. Yeah, so spoiler warning. You can tell me afterwards. <laughs> Okay, cool. Um and then um the the scene, I'm just going to say the scene with the leopard print boxers. Ah! Everyone who's seen it knows what it is. I watched that many times. Um so and then I. like I really love how they don't even attempt. And this is like very manhwa-esque. They don't even attempt to have the kids in like proper school uniforms. They're just like wearing anything they want. Like Jukyang has this little like vest thing with ruffles. I'm like, there's no way you would be allowed to wear that in a school that has uniforms. But they're just like, whatever. Like they don't care. You know, like they just, there's yeah. no attempt at realism. Except when it comes to the emotions, which are extremely authentic, and I love that. Like I, I agree. But also, just Mungayong does such a good job with comedy here. Like her lines just land. Her expressions are that's perfect. true. It works her because of her. Amazing. It she is totally so works good. Of yeah, and I haven't seen her in anything since she was Balgang in Jealousy Incarnate. Oh, didn't you watch uh, that one? The uh, Temptation. Oh, the Great Seducer. <laughs> yeah. 
She's, cool. she's, she's cool. really she amazing. Cool I really, really loved her. Yeah. Okay. I, I didn't think- expect her to be able to pull this off, honestly. I just thought she, her, because the character she's played before, were too strong-willed and mature. So I was like, how is she going to play this insecure girl and still not be annoying? Because insecurity in your female lead can get really annoying really fast. But these writers, even though they failed Suho and Sujin, <laughs> they did a pretty good job with both uh, Im Joo Kyung and Han Soo Jun. So. Yeah, I also want to give a shout out to the makeup artists because like, apart from the fact that it's really uh, unbelievable that her skin would get that smooth if she has acne once she puts makeup on, whatever, that's like drama magic. But other than that, like when she's, you know, herself or whatever, like yeah. herself without makeup, like it, it's really well done. And I like how they do have her that way a lot so that yeah especially in the romantic moments i i really dreaded that it they would like kind of like because they want the nice shots they would always have her makeup whenever she's with soho but no they did such a good job you'll really love episode 14 for that uh, for many reasons yeah (laughs) anyway let's let's save the rest of our we talked too much considering we're doing a spoiled yak but anyway (laughs) i had a lot of feelings so um so did i also, my last thought on this drama before we move on is that, like, I really want him to be the first lead next time. Oh, yes, he will be. otherwise, Anissa, I will die. You, I guarantee you, next time he's definitely going to be the lead. All right. Yeah, let's talk about She Would Never Know, also known as Sunbae. Don't put on that lipstick. So we're going to talk about the first two episodes here, like, spoilers. So because I don't, I don't. So I started watching this because a friend mentioned it. And I was like, oh, yeah, it has, uh, you know, leads that I really enjoy. It stars Wanjina and Roon, who was Haru in Extraordinary You and will always be Haru to me. Um, <laughs> I can't, I can't remember his name at all. He's always Haru. <laughs> exactly. Iconic. Um, so I was like, oh, this is cute. So I started watching it. And like the for whole first episode is great. You know, like he's she's his sunbae at work and they're only one year apart. But because she trained him, they have this you know, Sambe Hube dynamic. And it's so obvious that he's like totally in love with her and she's completely oblivious and she's dating someone. And But then like he finds out that the person that he's dating, who is also their boss at work, which all this makes me really uncomfortable. But anyway, so that's what's going on. He finds out that her her boyfriend is also engaged, um, which he finds out accidentally. And then he decides, instead of just telling her, hey, my sister has a bridal shop and look who these clients are. Yikes. Um, First, he tells her, don't put on that lipstick, which is like the lipstick that she always puts on before she goes to have a rendezvous with her boyfriend in like the corridor at at work. Um, And he like takes his thumb and like wipes it off her mouth, uh, which Uh. is totally sexual harassment. Go to (laughs) HR. And then he's like, Meet me after work. You'll regret it if you don't. And she's like, what the hell? And so he, he like waits for her after work and he like basically intimidates her into getting in the car with him. He like drives her to, to his sister's bridal shop because he knows they're coming for a, like a, a fitting, like a dress fitting appointment. He doesn't tell her where they're going. Um, and then he also confesses to her in the car. Like, by the way, I like you. And she's like, stop it. Uh, he doesn't listen to her. And then he's like, get out of the car when they get there. So she gets out and she's like really mad, but she still goes along with it because up till now he's been like a really nice, super, you know, like they're friends. So she's going with it, but she's pissed off. And then like, sorry, I'm getting mad just thinking about it again. Then he's like, oh, by the way, this is all mine. So just in case you need like another reason, you know, like to make me look good so you can like date me. And she's like, what? And then he takes her inside and his sister like leads them in. She's not really happy about this plan, but she's going along with it. And they go into this like back room and then she's like, I'll knock when they get there. So they're basically like in this back room while the boyfriend and his fiance come in and they watch them like trying on the dress and and then he and then she's like really upset and she's about to go out and like confront him but then he stops her and he's like don't do it now you're just making a fool out of out of yourself like it's just everything is on his terms oh, it's so cruel it's, it's so stalkerish it's so mm. uncomfortable and then like and then and then at the end of episode two when she's like you know she kind of doesn't show up at work uh or maybe it's the weekend. I don't know. But like for a day, she doesn't answer her phone. She doesn't talk to anybody. She's like obviously very shocked and upset. And then she's like, she like goes and finds him. And he's and she's like, okay, so you said like, I shouldn't just confront him. I should make a plan. So what's your plan? And he's like, date me. That's the best revenge. I'm like, what? 
Oh, I've seen this story before. (laughs) And it's just so... Like, what is this? 1994? I... Anyway, so I understand that, like, it gets better later on, or, like... Does it? It doesn't it just release? <laughs> I think it's been, like, six episodes, but I just can't get on board with this. I I don't know. And, like, with the whole... Her mom seems like a melodrama waiting to happen, too. She's, like, extremely controlling, and I don't know. It just seems like it's going down some angsty paths, and I can't root for the male lead at all, so... Yeah, that, I don't think I'm going to be watching very anymore. Very nice guy, TM. Mm-hmm. It's um, you mean an incel? <laughs> yeah. How dare you not like me? How dare you like this other guy who's clearly not worthy of you? You should have liked me. You deserve this heartbreak. <laughs> That's his general <laughs> attitude. It's yeah, distressing to watch the first like, couple of episodes. Like I and I, I saw some like conversation around this online, and some people were saying, "Well, even if he told her." She wouldn't have believed him. Yeah. But like Why what? Not? That's not a that's, no. Yeah. It's that's taking the agency away from her still. Like if he had any respect for her, he would have told her and then just left it alone. You know? Mm. And even the way he says, like uh like he goes into work after he finds out and he just like stares down his boss silently for like a whole day. <laughs> I'm just like, dude, what are you doing? And then she's like, what is wrong with you? And he's just like He's like, for now, I'm just going to endure it. But if it gets to the point where I can't endure it anymore, I'm going to do something because what? I have to it's protect you. And I'm like, what? You to endure. Who are you? Who do you think you are? Uh, yeah. Also, I just, at the end of... So I just watched, uh, kind of speed watched the first episode because I wanted to get, listen to Anissa's rant and understand <laughs> what it was about. The ending of the first episode, I'm sure it was supposed to be super cute and romantic that he met her while she was in college and kind of just decided she was going to join he was going to join her company um and then did. That wasn't cute given his behavior just a few minutes ago. That was like super stalkerish. I yeah. don't see the romance here. <laughs> yeah, like he um he goes to get her lunch, which is nice. But then he's like, I'm going to call you Sunbay. She's like, but I'm not actually your Sunbay. He's like, whatever, I'm calling you Sunbay. And then she's like, uh, okay, kid. And then she just like s- stands in front of the door so nobody else can come in, which is fine. Like she was letting which, her have which, her lunch break. Yeah. But it, that just like, makes it gross because now you know that he's been like following her since then. <laughs> also, also, here is w- where I'm really confused. The girl's reactions are very normal. This is how a normal person would generally react. How is a writer who's writing those reactions also writing this guy as the hero? Yeah, I don't get it. Unless his journey is to become less toxic. Yeah, I don't know. But I'm not really, I'm not really here for that journey. I don't know. I don't know if I. Yeah, maybe maybe that is what they're doing. But if they if they really show that his behavior is incel like that, that would actually be a decent story to watch. I guess I'll just wait and see the reaction to later episodes. Because yeah. otherwise I'm not. So if there's to no watch other the other competition, how would he sort of prove I, his unincelness? I really like I'm curious it. to hear what our listeners think if they've seen more of this, because like the feeling that I get from a few of the spoilers I've seen from like episode three and four is that how they're making him better is that the other guy is so horrible and oh, he's no. better than the other guy. What is this? 2010? I what? just... But I might be wrong. Like I haven't actually seen it. So I don't want to like judge that. Bit, but I would be really interested to hear what you think. So uh, send us emails if you have opinions about this. Because I'm really, send really wondering. voice notes. Emails, DMs, tweets, yeah, anything. voice notes. Yeah. Please, please let us know what you're thinking about this drama. Yeah. All right. That's all I have to say. I just had to get up, get that off my chest. I was like, I was like, let me just, you know, watch something light and cute that I'll be able to talk about on the yak. And uh, that didn't go so well. Yeah. <laughs> Don't you love okay. it when a drama rules itself out of your like um, watch list? You're like, great. I never have to think about this show ever again. <laughs> I guess, but I miss one, Janan. Her last project was so bad. I did you wanted watch to... her last project? I did. I, I could see it that coming, worst. like a train wreck. So I didn't even, yeah. <sighs> yeah, that was yeah. Uh, melting me softly, if anyone 
has forgotten. Right. But we really loved her in Just Between Lovers, which yeah. we highly, highly, highly recommend. That if one, you are, maybe it's just time to I hold close again. to my heart. It's beautiful. Ugh, it's so good. Okay, let's move on to something that is making Saya happy. <laughs> I like how you pause what about that. me? <laughs> because wasn't it? <laughs> you didn't put your notes in, so I don't know what you think. <laughs> I can only see Saya's notes. I did an entire video essay about it. (laughs) But I didn't watch it because spoilers. (laughs) I thought you had like a criticism uh, or some discontent about it, P. That's that's why I thought Anissa left you out of that. I'm actually really dying (laughs) to hear her thoughts because now that it's almost over, I want to know if it's worth watching. I can't help you there because I'm only at episode eight. (laughs) Yeah, I want to hear Saya's thoughts about it first. Go on. Goes without saying that Shin Hisun is amazing. I've wrote in my notes that she's fantastique. As always. <laughs> As ever. And she's like, because the 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 premise of the drama is that a guy from like 20 whatever year it is in drama land, it's obviously never been 2020 in drama land. <laughs> <laughs> so what a relief. His- <laughs> At least somewhere. <laughs> right. So Che Jin plays the original guy who's uh, who possesses uh, um, Shin Hyesun's body, and so what you end up with is Shin Hyesun playing this like cocky, lascivious womanizer, and it's so good. She's like, <laughs> you watch her, and I cannot lie, I somewhat resent that when I watch her, I feel like I'm watching Che Jin But it's so perfect. It's perfect, but it's also. <laughs> I feel like I'm not watching Shin Hison, even though... Like, oh, I see what you mean. Like, like that's how good she is. She, I just, I love her so much. When did she... I mean, she's always been so good, especially because... Uh, and I can say this, having very recently finished my rewatch of Forest of Secrets, she's, she was so good in that. Um, but she's, like, even better. She's, like, leveled up, like, ten levels. Oh... <sighs> Yeah. She has. And my God, the shins have really been keeping me alive in the last few. <laughs> the, the funny thing about this show is that, because, I mean, it's sort of billed uh, not entirely as a saguk, or maybe it's not even quite a fusion saguk. I feel like it's a pretend saguk. It's like it's a saguk and it's, a, it's dressed up as saguk, but it's actually something completely else. And um, what's his name? Kim Jong-yeon? That's his name, right? Kim, yes. Kim, not ye. Okay. Kim Jong-un is also, like, he's not quite the saga king. Like, not he's not, say, Yusungo or somebody like that. But he's got his own brand of weirdness. And what's really great, about, especially in the opening episodes, and I'm only at, like, episode eight, what's really fun about them is, because Shin Hyesun has uh, her character, uh, who is this queen who is possessed by, or inhabited by the spirit of uh, a cocky presidential chef womanizing chef from the 21st century so she's here in like joseon times and everything she does is bewildering she's bewildered and what she does is bewildering to those around her and (laughs) (laughs) so the king is and she because it's you know it's deeply political and she's actually like a, a on the opposite political faction to the king um so they are like natural enemies. And so she'll do something and he'll be like trying to interpret it. Like, you know, what is the political meaning of this? And like finding all the subtext in her things. And she's just like living her life trying to figure out. Oh, he's living his. He's living her life trying to figure out what the heck is going on. Uh, but meanwhile, everyone around her is interpreting all of those uh, things that she does and says in completely like back to front ways because they're like living in the Sagak land. And she's like, what the heck is happening? <laughs> so so you've got everyone at cross purposes with everyone else and like how they really um capitalize on it is by giving you the voiceovers of what the characters are thinking at any given time so you're constantly hearing their characters thoughts and with Shin Hyesun her inner voice is Che Jin so you're always hearing that man's voice so that helps you ground like your understanding of your conception of the character um and then it's like it's just, it's so funny. And that's as far as I've got. The episodes are really long, so it's kind of exhausting. Not boring. <laughs> Have you just finished? Exhausting. <laughs> no, I'm like halfway through episode eight. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I'm like at the beginning of episode eight or something. See, 
I'm really curious because what Saya said was my impression of the drama. And I kept thinking, oh, once all the busy things that are keeping me busy in January are over, I'm going to watch it. And then, like, I saw some, like, rumblings of discontent. And then I was like, oh, no. And then I was like, I'm just waiting for Boromo to finish this. <laughs> so I need to like, tell me if it's okay. There are, there are things that, and I wondered this right from the beginning, like, I don't know how they're going to deal with the story. Like, I can't imagine that you're going to have this whole drama and there's not going to be romance in it. But also, I don't see how, like, you know, I'm not sure Korean TV is at the place where they're going to go for a Jang Bong Kwon as in Che Jin Yuk falling in love with the king. It I don't know how they're going to reconcile a love line there without going into, you know, a completely different kind of relationship. Is there anything you can say without being spoilery, Barbara? Or is it just, if she had just finished episode eight, I could ask. Oh, damn it. I can take off my headphones. You can say it. No, but I don't oh, want to be spoiled <laughs> either. Who would I be saying it to? <laughs> are you concerned, I guess, is my, is my question? Or are you happy with where it's going? So the problem is it kind of depends on what you want for this character. The original had <laughs> the original Chinese uh, drama, <laughs> which was, by the way, completely a, a web series. It was never broadcast terrestrially in China. It wouldn't have been allowed to, but it had kind of three different endings and um, two of them were tragic. Oh, and wow. Okay. Wait, how did it have three endings? Was that like a choose your own ending thing? Uh, no, it wasn't a choose your It kind of, uh, depending on when and where it aired, uh, it showed different endings. Oh. And then there was like a bonus third uh, episode-y thing, which kind of gave a maybe a happy ending. It, it kind of hinted at it, but it couldn't hint too clearly for the censorship reasons. <laughs> mm, okay. So anyway, the um, the crux of it is forget uh, the original because we don't know what this team is trying to do with Mr. Queen. They had changed a lot. And also they found a king, uh, Chol Jong, who actually existed in Korean history. And uh, they actually hewed pretty close to how uh, certain events during his reign actually went down uh, during uh, the, in the duration of this drama. So it's not even that they are not doing Saguk. They're actually doing proper Saguk. They just have Shirei-san with the soul of Che Jun-hyuk right smack in the middle of it. It's... Um, it's it it just makes the entire thing so amazing. I could do an entire essay on how well they did the politics of uh, this drama. I do it. The, the uh, now I never win. <laughs> <laughs> Don't motivate me. That just makes me oh, feel the weight of expectations. <laughs> so, um, do, do you you guys know this? Uh, like, um. Court dramas in Sagyuk can get really boring. You say that, but I don't find them boring. Oh, I'm the one. Do. I'm the one who gets bored. I get <laughs> bored very, very quickly. And honestly, most of the audience does too. I mean, you can see from the ratings, the uh, the court drama heavy episodes tend to have lower ratings. It's if you watch it enough, you get to get 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 to have an overview of how the audience feels about it. They don't want to know about the politics that much, unless it's crazy like I don't know fight scenes or like intense emotional scenes and those things which is fine somehow this drama the writing is just so good it doesn't matter what dry history text they are bringing to life they are doing it with full color and blood and smell and all of it it's yeah <laughs> can I also mention uh, that Bejongok as the dowager queen oh. mother I always get confused oh, I... between like the one dowager queen and the other dowager queen because one is like the Huang Tebi and the other is like the, uh, oh did I say that wrong? Yeah, and one one's is the like grandma, the grandma, one's the mother. Yeah, Tewang. So Tewang is the older no, wait, like the queen mother mother person, and she's she's such a fascinating, interesting, and entertaining character. So she's got like all of these layers. She's this completely scheming. <laughs> politically savvy queen who will like she, woman doesn't have lines she just 
there are no lines for her. She will do whatever she has to do and mm. feel nothing in, in her conscience. Like, as far as she's concerned, what she does is right because she does it, which is great. But then there's also that side of her which is, like, obsessed with staying young. And that's actually, <laughs> once you notice that this is, like, a part of her character, it's such an interesting facet of it. She's obsessed with maintaining her youth. And, like, in some ways it's, it's it feels like a parallel to how she's also obsessed with maintaining her power um and like so she's always doing these things like um putting i don't know like yak butter on her face i made that up she's just doing completely <laughs> random like unknown <laughs> concoctions for eternal youth and um uh, maintaining the moist dewiness of her skin and it's part of why she loves uh, the uh, um, Shin Hyesun's character because she brings all of this wonderful cooking which is all about maintaining that, you know, health and vitality. So in some ways you're sort of led to think lightly of her character and then that kind of shocks you when she actually like reveals the evil within. It's so good. I love the way she's, <laughs> that they've written this character. She yeah. reminds me a little bit of in uh, The Last Empress, the, what's her name? Oh, I know who you're talking about. The, yeah. the, the, <laughs> the Doager there. Yeah, um, yeah. Doager, sorry. And also the uh, crazy one in um, the Kim Sona drama. The, but it's that sort of the scheming matriarch, which is just, yeah. it's such a great, like the archetype gives you so much to work with. It does. And Bae Jung-ok has also really, really memorably portrayed another villainous character before. But she's also like, she's not exactly out and out of villain there. She's kind of a... Well, yeah, she's out and out of villain. <laughs> it was Graceful Family. Graceful I don't family, know if yeah. you guys remember. I, I totally madly fell in love with her there. She was so smart and cunning and just personable what am I saying personable as a villain it was just it was really fun to watch her um okay coming back to Bong Hwan slash So Young which is our queen oh that was her name I just forgot her name the entire time <laughs> <laughs> so here's here's the thing we won't we won't talk about the you know the, the dynamic with uh Chol Jong and stuff because that goes really deep into spoilers and stuff no touchy <laughs> no touchy <laughs> it just makes me laugh so much so because because um uh um I don't know what to call her like So Young or Bong Hwan okay or so, Shin Bong. so Bong is what the fandom oh, is okay. calling her so because So Bong is like she's speaking modern Korean right which is full of English loanwords yeah so there's all of these things that she j that are part of her natural vocabulary, and like she'll come out with something to King Chojung, and like he understands them like literally as she explains them. So at one point she was like, you know, let's have no touching, like no touchy, and and then later he comes back with that line, and he's like, let's do it your way, like you know, hapshida no touchy, and she's like, do you even know what that means? And he's like, it means to live happily together. <laughs> Just like, <laughs> yeah, I don't. Uh, it's just and like he he inscribes it in this beautiful calligraphic, uh, you know. Um, what do you like? It's just it's, it's a dictionary. He, yeah. he creates a dictionary oh, okay, of okay, phrases. Okay, I don't want to hear about this. this is spoilers. No. Okay, so, but but the definitions, <laughs> Anissa, they are amazing. So funny. <laughs> okay, no more. Don't ruin the jokes. I'm gonna watch okay, this. Okay, so definitely watch it. I would I would never discourage anyone from watching this drama. Um, it's it's not quite Bong Hwan anymore by the middle of the drama because he has a lot of So Young's uh, memories and he's kind of a, a certain arc starts that's not really his own. My issue with this drama is, and it's a twenty episode drama, so we still have a few episodes left. I'm not seeing any character arc for Bong Hwan. He it's amazingly entertaining to watch So Bong uh, do her do her thing. But, uh, or his thing, but their the thing. drama is their thing. <laughs> the drama is not answering a lot of very crucial questions. And the, the reason for that might just be because they are kind of holding off on that until the last episode. My only worry is that they might choose not to answer them at all, which kind of would be the worst. In as mm. far as I have watched, I feel like the driving motivation in his character has been to get back to his own body. Uh, so, this is why I wanted you to finish watching. 
Yeah. Okay, I think maybe we should just leave it there then since there's right. a lot that, you let's, know. Let's do that. We, we are skirt, skirting too close to major spoilers. I think that also brings us to the end of the episode. It sure does. <laughs> it, it does. Oh, yeah. it does. Okay. It does. <laughs> yeah, so let's leave that Mr. Queen discussion with lots of pins in it and then we'll come back yeah. once everyone's finished it. Mm-hmm. All right, so I have a riddle. For you guys. <laughs> Since, uh, <laughs> yeah, I've made it into my job now. So should I do two? Are you going to save one for the next one? Or do you have more? I can do two for the next one too. I have a whole okay. list. Wow. <laughs> I literally just looked them up. It's not good. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. I'm tall when I'm young and I'm short when I'm old. What am I? I knew this one. You do? Candle? Candle? Yeah. Oh, that was too easy. Oh, no. I have to do a heart. I feel uh, like I've let you guys down. No, I feel impressed for myself. For once, I guessed it. (laughs) I wouldn't have gotten that, so I'm very impressed. Okay. What question can you never answer yes to? Uh, Are you alive? No, that's not right. Are you dead? (laughs) That also works. But do you want to know what the original answer was? I want to think about it for another five seconds. Can you say it again? What question can you never answer yes to? I don't know. Should I say it? Yeah. (laughs) I'm giving it to you for yours, but the the actual answer was, are you asleep yet? (laughs) (laughs) I've answered yes to that a lot. So I. Is what happens when <laughs> But you won't be telling the truth. <laughs> that's, the, that's the crux of the matter. That wasn't stipulated in the in the question. You didn't say we could. It was implied. Okay, you can argue about these when you're actually getting graded. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. It was so nice to sit down and do a yak with you again. Thanks for listening. And now for our social media plugs, <laughs> as always. So you can follow us on Twitter at Dramas Overflow. And you can find us on our personal Twitters with me at NotNowSire. And I'm at Anissa Khalifa underscore. And I'm Parma and I'm at FestoFasta. And you can find us on Instagram at DramasOverFlowers underscore. And you can email us at DramasOverFlowers at gmail.com. We are also on Facebook and you can absolutely visit us on our blog at uh, dramasoverflowers.net and read Saya's amazing drama addicts diary <laughs> ramblings. She's overselling it. <laughs> and finally, <laughs> Dramas Over Flowers is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. Find more podcasts you love at frolic.media slash podcasts. Thanks for listening, everyone. Bye. Bye. Oh, bye. (laughs) (laughs) I shouldn't have sighed so loud. (laughs) Not before we hit stop on the recording anyway. (laughs) 